Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of Talk Local. Today, I was joined by Dean Delisle of Social Jack. Uh, Dean is a, it's, it's an incredible guy. Like, I was, uh, I first met him about a week ago, honestly, and um, we were at Thanksgiving and we were having beers uh, at uh, around 10 a.m. for this thing called Pinesgiving, um, and we both just hit it off. Uh, it turns out that he's an incredible social media influencer. He uh, reaches out to about 70 million people. Um, regularly uh, through his accounts. Uh, Social Jack is a big-time strategy firm in Chicago. Um, what they do is they, take, uh, they, give a, they give a bunch of technological and social media advice about how to become a business influencer um, and uh, for, to small businesses and corporations. He is brilliant, man. And so I was really, it's been a pleasure having him in today. Um, so this interview is going to clock in a little bit over an hour. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, and so um, I know I did, and he gave me a ton of advice that I'm really looking forward to implementing. So um, without further ado, um, this is my interview with Dean Delisle of Social Jack. So like, I, just by our conversation, we met, we met in, on Thanksgiving. Um, you in, a bar. Of, in a bar <laughs> at 10 a.m. <laughs> it was a business networking event. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and one thing that was really amazing about you that when we had that conversation was how many, like you dipped your toe in so many different forms of media. And you've always kind of, while you're kind of like a, a grandfather to the social media game, you stay way ahead of it with the innovations and you try to be a, like almost a forefront. Right. Um, and so I guess one of the things is, is like how, so where, where do you kind of stand right now from like a, from a business standpoint? And um, so like what kind of, different assets do you have when it comes to not exactly like financial, but from a business standpoint that deals with media? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's, uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of different vehicles that we have. And what's interesting is things like, uh, email haven't gotten away. They've just gotten different, you know, and there's, uh, and then there's, you know, I always say there, there's two segments to, well, there's three segments to this. There's the stuff, which I call like the media, you know, so that's like content. Uh, there's the people, you know, which which we have to get the media to. And then there's all these distribution systems. So what's interesting is I always say, well, make this as easy as possible. What that means is that means, let's say um, you have, uh, you know, you have a, um, like this podcast. So this podcast, there's cameras going on, there's, uh, there's us talking. And there's content, and then you're going to take some video, and we might even blog about it. So now we can take this one segment and have photography, video, audio. Uh, we can have words, you know, printed words on, podca- you know, on, on, the, on the blog, and we can use that on multiple platforms. We could use that on our websites, use that on social media. And so I think the coolest dynamic is we don't have to work so hard. Uh, a lot of people put all kinds of production into a ton of content, but realistically, the world has such a short attention span. <laughs> you remember we were talking about that? They have a they went for we just went from an an official eight second attention span to six seconds. Really, so that's a span. fact. That's a fact. Well, unbelievable. And, and goldfish have an attention span of nine seconds. So if you think about this whole thing about oh my gosh, we have become worse than a goldfish, you know. <laughs> and so you know that just shows you where our attention spans at. So you can literally take this content that we're talking about right now, and use it twenty five, thirty, fifty times over the course of the next few months, two years, as long as it stays relevant. 
And, and that's the fascination that I have is like, really? People are not paying that much attention. But, but you can have good content. And even when it's great content on a great show like this, people just don't keep track. And so they're like, oh, I think I've heard that before. But it's like, it's, it's, it's also cool because they're like, oh, they learn differently at different times. So mm-hmm. whenever they hear this right now, whenever they're listening to it, they listen to it three months from now, they're going to hear it differently. And they're going to learn differently from it. So that's my fascination. And that's why, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're cutting edge, you're way out front. But I'm just always looking for what's that next thing or that next way to do it or that next way to get in front of the people uh, just so that, you know, they get what they need. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's incredible. And like you're talking about the distribution systems and the different forms of media. Um, I know for our size of things, we're trying to really kind of build that audience online. Um, and by doing that through our social media, and, and I'm trying not to buy likes at all when it comes to that stuff. I'm trying to be a natural influencer. Yeah, you should never buy likes. Yeah, right? and yeah. we talked about that last week too. And one of those things that we really kind of wanted to bring up, and, and you kind of touched on, was um, the different the different forms, right? So, um, is is one of those things is email dead? Is that something that we should be kind of ignoring at this point um, from a newsletter letter standpoint? Because it seems like there's these antiquated systems that take a little bit of time to transition, and we know that social media is definitely leading the charge, right? Um, but when it comes to email distribution, when it comes to mailers, when it comes to billboards, something outside of tech, I, I talk to people all the time. Yeah. And that's one of the things that people, they still kind of hold on to, you know? And yeah. so where do you see this world going in, in a couple of years in difference than what it is today? Well, an email address is still gold. You know, it's still, it's still the golden thing because it's the one thing you can use to get one to so- get someone to social media, get someone to your website. It's a vehicle. The, th- the, the challenge today is that, you know, we've become so over-emailed is that everybody either has like three or four different email addresses, so you have to know what the real one is, or there's mm-hmm. so many different layers of spam filtering, you have to fight to get into the inbox. And I even have people that want to get my stuff but depending on where they work, their company now has filtering systems or their server or their routers have filtering systems that flag emails on the way in. And maybe it has too many question marks, too many exclamation points. I mean, there's a whole right. game to this. And then and then we literally have to have calling campaigns that we call around and say, did you get our latest email? Are you getting invited to our really? stuff? And so we go through on a constant basis and we have 60,000 subscribers. So we have a hard time keeping up with all that. So what we'll do is we'll also do that on social media. You know, we'll ask people, did you, you know, did you get our latest email? Make sure you opt in, make sure you update your record. And so we give them a link so that they can go in there and update their preferences. And we talked about this a few years back, but I'm a believer of what I call preferential marketing. That means that some of us do like to get emails. Others like to get text messages. Some of us like to get DMs and Twitter, mm-hmm. wherever it is our social media. And so now we have all these vehicles that if I have a ton of emails, that may not be the best way to get to everyone. Right. So now you're going to start seeing people, well, you probably already have, like I, I forget, I just uh, got a new computer this last weekend. And as I was going through, it's like, do you want to get updates through text, through email? How do you want to get them? You know, and so and so, I really believe that we're going to get in this world of communication uh, that we're going to get uh, we're going to get asked more and more and more. And the people that do that are actually going to get 
to the audience better because they're hitting people where they want to get hit. Yeah, exactly. But how do you find out that information? You know, you have to ask. You have to ask. And so when you don't have an infrastructure, so like a lot of people that are listening to us right now are probably going to be people who are smaller business owners, um, people who maybe who uh, are trying to maybe promote themselves like a personal following. And so if you don't have that infrastructure of asking, how do you suggest that you can potentially do it? Well, the cool thing is it doesn't cost a lot to ask. So if you have (laughs) MailChimp or Constant Contact or Away, uh, you can simply uh, survey people. When, When somebody's registering on your website, Add, add an extra button or two buttons. How do you want us to communicate with you? So, uh, cool. And that could be any size business. You don't have to be a big business to do any of that. And uh, do surveys on social media. Hmm. So you mentioned, I was going to kind of uh, run them back around a little bit because you'd mentioned something earlier that I wanted to kind of touch on. And it's the idea of recyclable content. Mm-hmm. And um, you fit it into the conversation when it comes to the attention span. So when it comes to... Um, so when it comes to recycling content, right, how often do you think, uh, does it change per platform or is that something that you can pretty much do that's always evergreen? For example, we did a, like this video today, right? Once we release this, we'll be able to put it out once. Now, as, a, as like a guy who's creating a media company, I feel a little bit of a social responsibility to not spam people with the same right. content, right? So it's like at what point, I know I've heard day, things of like you got 30 days um, to kind of be able to put it back and then put it forward? Is there any kind of validity to that or do you see a different timetable? No, I think you can <clears throat> you can cycle things out for uh, over the course of a year. You could, you could cycle things out every 60 days. It depends how much content you have and how much you're willing to, to put out there. Mm-hmm. So um, you, could, you could take the same piece of content and, and cycle it out every 60 days. You can, you can have your own throwback methodology too, where you throw your, you know, back to yourself about just saying, we had such a great response, we just want to put this back out there. Or maybe you, you use a social media post that talks about a different point in the content. So we're, we're covering a lot of topics in here. And so we'll probably have six, seven, eight, twelve points or things that you can point back to. And so those are, those are different tweets, different, uh, you know, different social media posts, different blog titles. You can blog about it differently too. Yeah. And so where does the like? Okay. So that's one thing that we've not done here is we haven't done a blog. And I'm a I'm an English major. Yeah, you're a media the, company. It's a media company. <laughs> I feel like we should be doing it. Um, and so. I guess what is the what is the value to it? Number one and number two, how um, does it work inside the zetgeist of what we're doing from a media side of things? Yeah, well, people still want to read stuff, so it's like as much as we want to listen, it's like when they want to get when they, they when they want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, they still want to read about a little more detail. So we always see social media tweets, things like that, sort of that six second digestion piece where people can you know, click on it, Mm -hmm. uh, they get the snippet and they're like, you know, follow the cookie crumbs back to the buffet and the buffet could be a longer video. It could be a blog post, but there's still from preferential. Some people like to listen. Some people like to read. Right. I don't love reading books. I like reading short articles and blog posts, but to get me to read a whole article takes a lot of work. I mean, it has to be like amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't from the I, get from the get. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I am not good. Yeah, and I apologize to all my friends. I, I was looking last night. I have eight books on my nightstand and about sixty in my you know just even in my bedroom and my in two offices. I have a bunch of books, and so I've worked really hard the last couple of years to read pieces of those books. And still, I'm a 
online guy. I like going and reading blogs and articles because it's in the moment. I can get what I need. I can then use that to serve my audience. And Oh, yeah. 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 You know, it's funny because when I was in college and I was reading a lot of books, my attention span was way longer. And since like almost every day since I've been getting out of it, I can find I find myself like there's no way I could read more than 30 pages in a book anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible how you're like you can just change the you're talking about genetic engineering before we got on here. Yeah. But it's amazing how you can naturally do that with your attention span. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so we talked a little bit about blogging. One of the things that you talk a lot about, and I know that we had this conversation on Pines Giving Thursday. Um, was uh, being a business influencer, yep. right? And uh, one, if for people who don't know, you are, you've, you're in the middle of writing a book, you do workshops, Social Jack is kind of leading the charge when it comes to the distribution of social media. Um, you do a lot of speaking engagements as well. I know we had someone, um, Darlene Cohn, when I said that you were going to be on, uh, she's like, oh, I saw him speak. And so, so she was really excited <laughs> cool. about it. And I uh, give her a shout out on here. Um, but yeah, so it's like one of those things that like when it comes to business influencer, um, first of all, what is a business influencer and what are some of the steps? I mean, without giving out the entire thing, what are some of the steps that like, even for like what we could do to maybe, to maybe go start going towards that direction? Well, for <clears throat> first and foremost, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you a business influencer? <laughs> um, I like to think that I can be, I don't think that I am right now. You are. So, okay. so the okay. fact that you, the fact that you're doing what you're doing, you're looking to help people, you're serving up good, valuable content, you're interviewing people. You have a when we talked, you had a desire to help other people through this content. Well, that's somebody that wants to influence. You're a thought leader. You wanna you wanna bring things to people that they haven't heard before. Uh, by doing that, you influence others, and then you get to be known in your network. And that's really what a business influencer is. And some of us do it accidentally. Some of us do it just by working hard and and putting things out there and just and just networking. But there's also an intentional way to do it to where you can serve whatever your goals are. So if you're a business and you're looking to get more clients, if you're looking to uh, publish a book and you want to get a bigger audience around you, around your book, or you want to get more speaking engagements, or you work within a corporation and you want to get promoted, you can use it for any of those outcomes. And so that's what we always tell people. What journey are you on and what do you want? So answer that for me. What <laughs> journey are you on? What do you want? The journey that I'm on is that, first of all, from a technological standpoint, I see that void that antiquated media systems are lacking in. So I see it as in newspapers are dead, talking about attention span. And I think antiquated television people are getting past it, right? So I'm trying to fill that void and I'm trying to use it um, as like a, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get ahead of it by bringing in a stable of producers, video producers, making most things digital for video content. Um, so make that digestible and try to make the content great and use that to build my network. So that's my, that's essentially, that's my business plan. Right. So that, so that I can start to build revenue, whether it's A, advertising, B, through production services, or being able to kind of fill the pockets of the guys in the stable of people that are working for us. And, and that was that was the key. You said build revenue. So that's where everybody has to get. You have to get to a point of monetization. In fact, we just did, a, if you go to Social Jack, you'll see a recording on their uh, pathways to monetization through mm. business influence. Interesting. So, <clears throat> so it's designed for you to think about well yes it's good to be a it's good to be a net giver it's good to to be an educator that's that's what I've been committed to my entire life but at some point 
I've been caught to where I don't even, I haven't monetized it enough. So when I've taken a step back and I'm like, okay, I'm working hard, I'm putting all this content out there, I have to think about, am I going to meet my first quarter goals? Am I going to meet my, you know, my 2018 mm -hmm. goals? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so you have to take it back to monetization. If you're in career, you have to go, okay, how many times am I going to get promoted? What position do I want? Do right. I want to work at this company or a different company? Mm -hmm. And so as we look at business influencers, we look at the outcome first, first and foremost. That's the biggest thing. An outcome by, because we just talked a lot about monetization, that's the outcome. That's the that's outcome. That's the one we're looking for. Show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, a, it's a, what, a pet high school project, right? Practically. Yeah, or, yeah, science fair project. <laughs> Um, yeah, and that's, you know, we've had a lot of success. And so a lot of the things that we're trying to implement from at least my standpoint is um, things that I've learned by selling production services. Um, I'm trying to do my best by not diving full force into as, as a producer, um, only because it takes up a lot of my time oh, and yeah. a lot of the time that I could be doing. Like even this podcast, as much as I love it, and we got, it was awesome. I actually got recognized on Saturday. Oh, cool. So that was cool. Congratulations. Thanks, man. It's a big day for that, you know. Um, and so when, when we're doing that stuff, I want to be able to kind of stay flexible. So um, by being able to kind of hire producers to kind of s oversee these projects, I can still play the connector. Right. Because that's one of the issues, and I'm sure you see it with, with uh, when, you're, when you don't have a team behind you, a big team, right? And so everyone's got their own responsibilities, and they're, they're running around doing their thing. Um, when you get caught up into a project that takes away from being able to continue the pipeline of future projects... So it's really important to not get kind of, you know, I guess uh, put in like you know put in a corner. You know? Yeah, and and I think that's the fallacy. So, <clears throat> so you said, well, when you really don't have a big team, well, the team, and, and this is a choice. I want all the entrepreneurs, startups, people to to hear what I'm saying here because we work with a lot of startups, work with a lot of growth stage companies, mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, companies that do have employees and and a whole team. And honestly, a lot of times is, you know, we have a choice. We can operate alone, work really hard, push it out there, uh, and then start hiring people to help us. Or we can take a step back. And one of the first things we do is we sort of get our influencers to start building a team immediately. So we're like partnerships. So we, you know, so, you know, there's a potential here for you and us to partner. We talked about that a little mm -hmm. bit. So. Mm -hmm. So you should never have to feel like you're doing it all alone. And there's a ton of people that want to collaborate out there and help each other out. And so yeah. and so business owners <clears throat> have this, and, I, and I've been there, so I, I know, uh, and, and I still can tend to go back there, so you have to watch it, is that you're like, all right, I'm going to go back in the lab, make this amazing, and then I'm going to come out and go, ta-da, here I am, here's the greatest thing in the world, I just invented it, <laughs> all right, everybody come and buy some, and then yeah. now i got to build a team, but, but why didn't you build the team when you walked into the lab? You could have started that way ahead of the game. Well, it's interesting you say that because this is a great conversation for me because this is one of my biggest struggles is that I'm building that team, but I don't have a lot of capital to back that up for them. So we're building a lot of relationships based on you do this, I do that, Yes. right? And which is great. And so it really kind of, uh, it's the best kind of relationship you can have too because once you start kind of seeing the value on both sides, it's a great, it's a great relationship. Um, but I'm struggling with trying to um, sprout those relationships and which ones to use because I'm meeting so many different people. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Well, that's where you have to decide. Um, well, we always, we always take it back to a sports analogy. 
So I don't know if we have Cubs fans, Sox fans, Yankees fans listening, but every great sports team, uh, and you know, in, in Social Jack, we use scouting and drafting to build teams. So we use that methodology. Cool. So it's it's like <clears throat> I can remember back when I first moved. Uh, I first actually moved to Hammond uh, from Calumet City. It was all new to me. Well, I was a big baseball kid, and I'm like. They're like, uh, hey, you wanna you wanna play baseball? Meet us at the Sandlot, you know. So we had the Sandlot next to the high school, and I and I'd go out there, and I was new. Nobody knew how I could play. So you're like, you know, well, you know, you start picking a captain, and then you, oh, yeah, you know, each yeah. each person picks the best kid they yep. you know they think you know, and, and doing that, and you pick it based on their ability to hit the ball really far, run fast, and catch the ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if yeah, you think yeah. of the simplicity. Yep. Well, you need to think about for your business and your goal. Who are the best team members that you can bring out to the field and you can all win together? And so, you know, do you have people that, that and, and you want to find people that are better than you. You know, that's the other thing. It's like, um, I think I think the biggest thing is it's like, you know, we get caught in this cycle where we have to be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's another fallacy is, is you should always play with people that operate at a higher level. And so that's that's the big deal. And so I think as you're picking people, pick people that are willing to play, people that understand the law of reciprocity where it's like, I'm going to do as much for you as you're going to do for me. Yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. in this together. Yep. And understand the other person's goals too so that you can help them get there. And, and that's a really good point. Yeah. And first of all, it always comes down to recess, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it always does. <laughs> um, but that's a really good point because there's are, there are certain people that it's all about. And, and that's where it kind of gets a little bit tough is because when you're meeting so many people, but at one point you're meeting these people who maybe are not as far along as you are and from an experience level, but then you meet these people who are better than you. And that's, so it's like just kind of back and forth consistently. Um, so it's like, I know I can help that person eventually, but now it's about building the relationships in the network to have that revenue come through to have, to be able to kind of like structure that relationship. Right. Um, so from a business standpoint and starting off from like a guy like me, where do we start when it comes to projections? Uh, when you mean projections, you mean like the projections within the business? We'll say across the board. So from a social media standpoint, when it comes to the platforms and then from a revenue, um, at what point do you... Because, like, for example, the one thing I did not expect out of this, right? I did not foresee this when I started doing this, was social media management. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't think that – I didn't think it would be a thing. And then as soon as I started doing my Instagram and things to that nature, all, all of a sudden, like, there was, like, a, a handful of small businesses who were like, hey, can you do mine? And I didn't even foresee it. So that's one of those situations where it worked out perfectly. I have people – in play in the relationships that I've right. built that now they're dealing with most of it and I'm overseeing it, right? Right, right? So it's really cool from that aspect. But so from a revenue standpoint, how do you project things that you can't even foresee, especially being so new? And is it something that's always evolving? Well, there's uh, there's the uh, back to the monetization com- piece. It's it's uh, how do we... Um, well, first of all, there's a, there's a couple of things. You mentioned early on about buying likes. Well, that's the worst way to grow because... Mm-hmm those people don't have a vested interest in what you do. They don't even understand what you do. So so you need to earn the people in so that they actually want to tune in. And it's much better. I mean, I hear this. I, I work all the big social media conferences, and I listen to what, you know, the other big brands are doing and what folks are doing. And, and 
about two years ago, it, it was always about, we have a million followers, you know, it's always about this big network, but really it's not. It's about, it's about the most targeted, engaged network because when sponsors come along and they want to sponsor the show or when people come along and, you know, they, they want to engage in the content, they want it to be really relevant to them. You know, it's, it's almost like if you think about on a cable or, you know, it's, um, I'm a little bit older than you, but I grew up with like seven channels on the TV. So it's like, you know, you had seven choices. Well, now there's like, what, 300, 400, oh, yeah. 500. Overwhelming. Yeah. So how do you make that choice to stop on that channel? Well, social media is the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we always say, look at social media like a big event. What's your objective with an event? It's to get people to stop at your booth talk to you, have a conversation, and then come back and do business with you, right? Well, that's the same exact thing in social media. It's a big event. You want people to stop and talk to you, so you want to measure how many people are having a conversation, like comment, retweets, all those cool things. Um, and then how many people are actually commercing out of that? It's Keep it that simple. Yeah, and that's you know that's a great point. I know one of the things that we've been doing, and, and I think we took from your conversation on Thursday too, was that was really awesome, was how important it is to hitch your wagon to like-minded businesses, yep. similar businesses, and uh, like always be on the verge of doing that and trying to hitch that wagon as much as possible, which takes a ton of research. Right. Right? Um, so that's that's a really cool thing. And so that was one thing that I took big time from our conversation. It's really helped. Like I even um, from a tagging standpoint, I usually try to tag at least – five to 10 businesses. We did the ban art fair yesterday at uh, 18th street. And so we went around talking to vendors and just had a conversation. So when I came back, I did like six or seven of those, those, those pictures, put them up on Instagram, tagged every vendor in it, you know, and 18th street and uh, did it that way. And it was really cool. And we saw, we saw a great response from it. And that's the one thing that's been really cool. It's like, I guess we're probably averaging right now. If I were to say we're probably averaging. So like every, for every hundred people that like that like our, our one of our pages, we're probably probably averaging about a quarter of that engaging into the material. Is that normal? Yeah, that's good. That's actually that's really good. Yeah, so for sure. Okay, cool. Because yeah. like we have right now, we have like a, the videos going on. Um, the one video, uh, well, the one on Facebook's a little bit of a cheat code because uh, there was just enough talk about social networks. We had Coach Dave Pishker from Andrean High School oh, on cool. here, and he, you know, he's like he's like a legend in this state. You know, he's won five state championships. Right. And uh, we so he we put, attached that video to the Andrean alumni page. We attached to the Andrean baseball page. We attached to the Andrean high school page. Our our pages, and we got to twenty five hundred views. Like it was, like it felt, felt like in overnight. You know, right. which was a huge success for us. We haven't been on that stratosphere yet yeah hopefully i'm hopefully i'm laughing about that yeah right (laughs) um but so what are some things that people should be doing maybe if you're if there are small business owners and people that you even consult what are some like initial steps that they can do to automatically improve their social media well remember the goal here we start off the conversation and we do a lot of influencer development influencer development whether it's a small business business owner I, i think the biggest problem is that business owners hire someone else to work the trade show to do the social media and they don't they forget to show up so so one of the biggest problems is um you know it's like it's like you know think about this we're in northwest indiana i've spoken i think at most of the chambers around here i just love chambers and you know they're sort of the the anchor the start of all business you know if you think about that you belong to the chamber you get your business on the map yeah it's a great next networking thing, next thing you yep. know you start building up you, you, you have enough money to get a table and then people know who you are and you show up on a regular basis. 
you're like the, the go-to person for whatever it is you do. Mm-hmm. Well, when the when the owner starts stops showing up to the chamber meetings and he just sends someone from the office, do you think they get as much business as when that owner was working the chamber? No, never. That's never. an interesting insight. Ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm just like, what is it going to take for me? to get that owner to just show up a tiny bit. We don't need you there every inch of the way. It's, it's, and again, I'm going to use the trade show analogy. When you hire people, you know how you can hire agencies and things to work your booth. So when it's a big show, you have enough people to p- pass out brochures and things like that. Well, you know, when people hire us for social media, I'm like, we're like the models at the booth. We're the people that help bring traffic to the social media. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they still want to shake your hand and meet you or, or, the, or your team. Right. So, so that's employee advocacy and employer advocacy. And you need to come out with us and join us, and that creates the ultimate success. That's the bottom line. Hmm. And it's interesting you say that because when I initially first started this, like I was always a behind-the-camera guy. And so this is like forced me, it felt like, to kind of be in front of it more. Right. And so now I feel like I'm hosting everything we're doing and at one point, I'm thinking, like, when is the proper transition to start implementing, introducing new characters here, you know? Yeah, right. Because it's just, it's like you said, man, it's a time suck. It, it's awesome, and I love doing it, and it's great. You know, I do enjoy it. But, like, for example, usually we're recording these things, and, the, like, the podcast is taking all Wednesday, right? And those, that's more. That's a day I could be out talking. But I guess what, what we're talking about influencing and the trade show concept, it's a lot easier to work that trade show when people are seeking you out yes. and recognize you like it is for sales meetings than it is for when the opposite effect of that, right? right. So that's a great point of being an influencer. And so that's uh, always keeping, and that's a good thing. Like I'll probably, I'll take that note for sure. It's like making sure that like you always do stay at least a little bit in the forefront and then you're, you're what's the word I'm looking for? Your presence. Yeah, your You always presence. keep your social presence alive. Right, and, and, <clears throat> and be accessible. You know, I know that's tough because usually business owners, especially small business owners, uh, have limited bandwidth, lim- limited mm-hmm. time. But it's but it's like just be a little bit accessible. We want to know who you are. We want to know your passion for the business. Uh, when we're creating influencers, we want to know your story. So 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 tie everything back to who you are and what you're about and what your story is. And this is where uh, people just forget about that. You know, if you think about it, here's what's funny. So when we started our business, how, how old is the business? Yours? The business is about a month and a half officially old. Yeah, so you're yeah. still passionate, man. You still have I'm that in fire. It. You are in it. You know why you did this, why you started this. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to coach you here, is to never lose that. Never lose the, the, the fire that you have and how fired up you are about this business. Because what happens is we get, you know, we've all been there. We get the the business grows to a certain size or things happen within the business or we grow to a certain size and something bad happens and we downsize and we forget about the why, you know, the why we did it. And so just don't ever lose that. You know, that's the thing that holds everything together and attracts people to you is that story. Unbelievable. And so how do you keep that fire lit? I mean, because like, you know, you're a business owner, you understand, like, there's certain days that you're just like, what the hell is going on? And then it's like, it's not that it's disheartening, but it's just like, you have your wins, you have your losses, just like everything else, you know, and the losses hurt a lot more than the wins do for whatever reason, you know. Um, So how do you maintain that fire? And I guess, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I do as a, tr- as a trick in my mind, and you tell me how bad, I guess it doesn't, I guess it's not a wrong or 
a right or wrong answer. But um, so like in baseball, I learned when I was playing that one of the things that I needed to do was figure out reasons to hate the pitcher. <laughs> I know it sounds insane, but like you'd find out and you just like, I don't like the way he's walking on that mound and I'm going to show him what's up. And so unfortunately that's kind of leaked into my professional life. And I feel like that's one of my strengths and weaknesses is my competition. Yeah. You know, because I expect everybody to be as competitive as I am. And when right. they're not, it, it creates initially a problem for me in my mind. And so my, a lot of my inspiration comes from that competitive edge and I see my competition and I'm looking at them and I'm, I'm aiming, you know, and so that's really what gets me. And, and how natural is that? And is that healthy? I would, I would guess. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think anything that's going to, that's going to drive you through something or get you through something. But I also want to, I also, uh, you had, you had touched on a few things because one of the things I felt when we first talked last Thursday was that you had a, you had a real desire for people to be better than when before they met you, you know, in terms of the businesses mm-hmm. and the clients that you're serving. So there, that's coming from some inner strength or something, you know, from your roots or whoever, you know, however you got to this moment, you know, in terms of that desire to help those people. And so I think, I think you want to hang on to the reasons to actually, you know, the fact that you're going to get up and you're going to change lives tomorrow. You're going to get up and you're going to change lives the next day. And no matter what happens, that's your choice. You know, you can still, you know, take out the competition and everything mm-hmm. else. But at the end of the day, you're taking out the competition so you can get one more client and help them and make them better than before they showed up to your doorstep. It makes sense. It makes a total sense. And, you know, it's, it's funny, man. Like, I wish I was, I'm a human, I'm flawed, you know, I'm not infallible. And it's, one of, it's one of those things that's just like, you know, you get caught up in the day-to-day, and sometimes you start to lose a little bit of sight of that, Yeah. you know? And it's one of the reasons why I love this podcast so much is because having guys like you on and being able to kind of hope at one point that someone is listening to this and you're like, that makes a ton of sense and that's going to change them, you know? And yeah. it's it's great. And, like, even from last week with Matt, uh, who's, who's, given, who's giving, like, direct, like, uh, he was going, to, like, from a platform-to-platform basis, you know? And I, the engagement, people reached out. It was like it didn't have as many yeah. listens as usual, but at the same token, it's like the people who did listen came out and were out of the woodwork and were like, that was awesome. I would right. need more than more of that, <laughs> you know? So it does, like, those are the wins. Yeah, that is for sure. You know? And so, like, what, what, is you, what inspires you when it comes to what you do? Well, I think, um, I think because I realize that, uh, you know, I love when people connect. And, I, and my, it's, it's almost like I go to my inner child on this. I, I, I love the fact that when, you know, when, whenever people are connecting, it's almost like when we were out and, and Jeff like is texting or on my social media, when I, when I posted that picture, he's like, Oh my gosh, how do you know him? You know? And so we're just like, we're just like going back and forth. And that's my bewilderment is like, my fascination is how many people, how, how are we connected? You know, and I, I've made that a mission of mine through network science and other technology and, and have studied it with passion because I believe uh, that we're truly only one or two degrees from all the people we ever need to meet, you know, and and so we meet so many people and hang on to the wrong people for so long, which I have, you know, in my lifetime, I've I've hung on to, 
the wrong employees, the wrong clients. They're just not a good fit. And, and so there's this loss aversion thing where we hang on to them and we sort of limit ourselves. But once we strip that limitation away and we go after the people that we really want to be with, building that ultimate team, mm-hmm. that's because I've been on championships teams and I've been on Same really here. bad teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you try, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because you learn lessons on both. Oh my gosh, you sure do. And you're <laughs> like, I never want to be on a team like this again, or I only want to be on a team like right, this. Right, right. So we want you to take that into the world and be the best champion you can be for your own team. And and so, you know, that's what I what I love is when people get like, oh, it doesn't have to be that hard. Oh, I can I, I can have a team before I even have a big company. And I like the simplicity of that. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I'm going to try to change gears just a little bit here because I think having your insight on this is really important because you deal with a lot of commerce in this area in particular. So what are some of the strengths you see from Northwest Indiana? And what are some of maybe the weaknesses that you'd like to maybe see kind of like uh, the, us pick the ball up a little bit more and run with it? Yeah, so I think, uh, and you know, we have our, our businesses positioned in Chicago. It always has been, and, and we've had a lot of uh, fun doing that. And what's interesting is when I... But you live in you live in Northwest Indiana. I live in Northwest Indiana. When I moved back to Northwest Indiana, I was originally from Highland, or Hammond. My wife's from Highland, but we met in Chicago, which is a, a whole other podcast. But um, <laughs> as we get down to... Uh, as we get down to when I first came into the area... Uh, it was interesting because I had, you know, certain people that I wanted to do business with, but it was it was almost like people were slow and apprehensive. They didn't want to really go for it. And here I've been dealing with New York and Chicago and L.A. and, and other cities where people are just like, whatever it takes, man, we're going to step on the field and we're going to kick butt and mm-hmm. grow this company to the next level and no one's going to get in our way. And here it was just, I, I almost didn't see as much of that fire in the belly, at least from, from the groups and the folks that I was meeting. So that was like, uh, I, was, I was almost feeling like I didn't know how to connect to that. You know, I didn't know how to connect to the people that just didn't have all that, you know, they just didn't want to go for it at that level, you know, and it seemed like there was a lot of meetings, a lot of talking, but not a lot of people just oh, wanting to yeah, say yes man. and go for it. yeah. And, yeah. and so, and so, where does that take us then? Like, where should we? How do we kind of inspire that ch- kind of change then? Well, I think it's I think it's everybody that's listening, man. Just be a company that's going for it. You know, it's like if you think you need to do social media, get someone to help you do social media. If you think you need to need a new website, use your resources and find the best person to do a website. But don't take a whole year to do a decision. In fact, I work with a lot of uh, startups in Chicago, and actually, um, you know, I, I just came out of a meeting. Uh, in the uh, sports entertainment space uh, last week, and it was interesting. And the person had been working on this for like a year and a half. Oh my god! And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Get something into someone's hands as soon as you can. I said, you know, and that's that's the biggest thing. It's like, what's the fast fastest path to money? You know, it's the first thing you want to look at. And the second thing is. How fast can we get some, you know, fail fast, man. You read all the famous books about leadership and growth and success. Fail as fast as you can. So that means you have to go for it. You can't think about it for a year. You can't plan it for a year. Draw out the plan. Do the best. Otherwise, someone's going to come up with it or they're going to beat you to the customer. And So how more, how more important, because it sounds like it's a, little, it's a battle. It's like a philosophical battle. Yeah. How more important from a percentage standpoint is aggression over strategy? 
Well, I think thirty percent, thirty percent strategy, seventy percent aggression. How's that? <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome because, like, as a business owner, that's one of those things that I always fight with. And like, I can give you a perfect example of when I first started this. I was expecting to launch in March. I'm like, oh, I'll have all this content. Two, two years ago? You no, know, no, like yeah, a month and a half <laughs> okay, ago, you know. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch this thing in March. I'm gonna throw a big party. I'll have 58 webisodes of content. It'll be staking my claim. And then the when when the social media started to really respond well, it really put me in a in a funk because it was like now I felt this huge responsibility of creating this content faster. And uh, it, it took a conversation, and in particular with Julia Heisman, who runs Here Magazine. She's awesome. If you ever get a chance to meet her, she's great. Um, but she's kind of going through something similar I was. And then in that conversation, I had that moment of epiphany. It's like, why am I so quick to scale right now? You know, if I can just stay aggressive and start to kind of form, formulate, build off of this foundation and start now adding content as we're going, right. it's just as strong. And so it's that pivot of but st- maintaining aggression. Yeah. Yeah. Just talk, well, yeah, and keep your foot on the gas a little bit, you know. And so it's, you know, it's, you know, there, there's no, there's no reason to to stop, you know, to stop and take a, a step back. It's like make mistakes, fail fast, learn from those mistakes, keep going, and keep making adjustments. Unbelievable. And you've been in the game forever. Yep. Right. So like when it, and I know when we were I, talking, I've been in the game before Al Gore invented the internet. So. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things you're talking about. Like you were, you were like in the forefront of the internet and you've stayed like, I think that's one of the most impressive things uh, meeting you is just how much like, you know, most of the time you meet people who don't like change right. and here you are at the forefront of it for literally for the last 25 years. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? So where have you seen this kind of thing evolve? Like, so you've seen, you've seen kind of like, the non-consumer internet, right? Yeah. Where you can just build your own pages. You've seen the well, the limitation internet. And then so like how have it, how has it kind of transformed and how do you use those lessons to now? Well, I think it's anything. It's like anything. It's there's always gonna be a next thing. There's always gonna be something new. I mean, we could go back through the timetable and talk about how, you know, it went from, you know, it went from punch cards, you know, to to tapes to, you know, to to just, you know, on discs and things like that. So you know, ev- you know, the evolution of technology is not going to slow down. It's it's not going to stop. So, what you need to do is, is really understand what's your position, what are you going for, and what's going to help you get there faster. And there's always going to be something new that you can latch onto. And that's why it's interesting. It's like, oh, this is the year I'm going to do social media. Well, folks, social media has been out for ten years. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's almost it's it's not old, but it's like you should be up and running on it, and you should be making it happen already so if you're not you're you're behind the curve because there's newer cooler stuff coming that you need to be ready to jump on and you need social media as that bridge to to get you to those new things how do you view social media i'm just interested like an event so you see it as an event like you said the trade show analogy right but like do you see it as an exposure tool or do you see it as a revenue generator as like as opposed to like not as in like social media management because that's like a business thing right but like how do you how, how does that how does that work in our society? Is it a hustle to kind of move, push other things, or is it a way that you can monetize the social media game? Well, I think it's a both end, but it's it's one of those where I think uh, first and foremost, it's about building community around yourself or your business. So that's what you should be thinking about. It's like, okay, I have this platform, I have these people. Uh, I'm now going to position myself and I'm going to get these people to gather, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, we're, do, we're doing this on a Sunday. It's almost like having a church, you know, it's like you build the building 
and and you have you have a certain thing that you talk about, and then now you have people that gather around you, and the yeah. people that you retain are going to be around you, and they're going to be dedicated, and they're going to help build the rest of the church. Businesses are the same same way, and so. Use social media as building a community around your business, your brand, whatever it is that you're putting out there. So, for example, right, you got you you like spend a ton of time on your social media. You got followers out of followers, right? And it seems to me that like, and you see it like a lot with like other podcasts, especially for comedians, they build these huge communities and they're getting they're keeping the content consistent. So that way, when they build these audiences and they are something that they want to pitch. They already have that available. You already have that line of communication open, right? Right. It's like when you set up a workshop and when you set up a book, you know that you've got that you sell. It's like you've already, you've instantly got. That's probably what makes it so attractive for like publishers right. and whatnot. Is that you already have a built-in audience to do that. And at what point did you realize that? I mean, because that's an interesting thing. If the social media's been around for ten years, what, what point? What point did that come to fruition? I think it's because uh, I was I was in trade shows early, early on, and. Uh, Actually, it was funny. We were just talking about this when I was growing up, and I was—I uh, don't know—I was ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I was that kid in the neighborhood that like threw the carnival. You know, that was like the the carnival where you get all the games in your backyard, and we used to have like a movie house, and we sold popcorn and tickets, and so it was always about selling as many tickets as you could. And so if I was doing it back then, you know, me, it's like we call it butts and seats. So in events, it was always like. Well, how many, you know, how can I, how can I sell out this event? How can I get a waiting list for my event? Uh, how can I, you know, and, and so it gets down to that almost like the, the competitive sport of, of I want to get as many people engaged as possible mm-hmm. and I want them to walk away and go, wow, that was amazing. I got to come back the next I time. I got to come back the, yeah. and I got to bring some people. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I, I've made a commitment and, and a playful game out of it of, of, of serving people to the point where I get juiced out of people going, wow, that was amazing. That was cool. Um, and, and, you know, just continuing to do that and feed off of that and and the other thing is you can't forget to monetize it because i've had some really good big events and i walk away and i'm in the whole 10 grand so so the lesson is you can't just feed off of that you have to still go back to the first thing we talked about which is making sure you monetize it somehow right and And if it's worth something people are going to pay yeah yeah and so did you have a sweet 16 party then too like that's a new thing no. No, no. For for my daughter. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's next year. The sixteenth year old birthday party that's like they're like it's like these people are doing these extravagant parties. It's incredible. Um and the event thing is always something that's very interesting to me because if you look at social media from an event standpoint, and one of the things that you're hearing a lot right now is not to hold events. Well, right. Physically don't do it because right. it just takes a ton of resources, it takes a ton of man hours. Rarely are you gonna see a lot of profit from it. Do you subscribe to that theory? No. Okay. <laughs> I shoot the gap, you know, so I, yeah. I played football too. So I also understand, you know, there's gaps. And yeah. If you shoot the gap, you're going to win. So, uh, no, I don't, I, well, here's the thing. Don't hold an event alone. So, so as an up. influencer, partner with other influencers, right? And so that's, that's, you know, we do about 150 events or broadcasts a year. And in that, it's never, it's rarely just one person on there. Like, we'll take and we'll, if it's just me on there, I'm usually testing content or I'm building content for a bigger workshop. But usually we have events and there's 10 different people, 10 different speakers, you know, there's a rotation. We have one on Tuesday. We have somebody from Google, somebody from Microsoft, this top, uh, top storyteller from Microsoft, 
we have the top social media person from McDonald's, and we have one of the top uh, business people from Google. So you think about the power in those three people and just interviewing those people on the new trends. Jeez. <laughs> and that's Tuesday? Yeah, that's Tuesday. How can, how can people check that out? Uh, they just go to the Social Jack website. All of our events are listed there. So No kidding. Yeah. So that's going to be like a live, you can kind of come in. Is that free? That's free. Get out of here. Yeah, that's free. So you're putting all those people in one physical place. Yeah. Well, no, th that's going to be online. So we have about 500 people registered for that. Cool. So they're going to Skype in, yep. kind of have their own, so you'll see their face and whatnot. Yep. That's awesome, man. And so how many events do you run like that? Because that's an awesome, that, I never even thought of that. Like, So how do you... How many times are you? How often are you holding events, and how often are they similar to that vein? We're street. We're streaming about 130 to 150 times a year. No way. Yeah. So we're uh, and even when it's a live physical event, we're streaming from that event. So Facebook Live, it could be a webcast. It depends how the event is coordinated. No kidding, man. And so what got you started on that? Because that seems like, is it, I mean, it, looks like, it sounds like you have a, a bone to help people too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, well, I guess I, uh, you know, it was back, I don't know, you know, it's, um, I guess I always wanted to have a, a you know, er, so way back, like, uh, man, this had to be in the 80s or early 90s, is I had a buddy in New York and we had this idea, it's when cable TV was still, you know, really new and it was, it was thriving and we were like, well, we should have a, we should have a channel that just had, um, it was just dedicated to computers and technology. And it seemed like a good idea at the time. And there was another guy doing it out of California, but I was like, wow, that's cool. I could actually own my own station or my own channel. That would just be so cool. More of a fascination, no background. I mean, I came from restaurants, you know, I didn't yeah. come from media, <laughs> so I had no relation to that, but it just felt like a way to just have a bigger event to broadcast. Well, that sort of stuck with me, and both my parents being teachers, I was, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of wound up going down the path of, of educating people through broadcast. So my first com is we had a huge uh, raise, and we drove about $100 million in valuation uh, over building a broadcast education university, one of the first ones. And this is when bandwidth was, was slim. I mean, mm -hmm. people were still on ISDN and modems and things like that so it was it was a partial success in that we signed big contracts but we were going over failed technology and so we actually had to build studios and people had to fly in to broadcast not like today where i could have the lady i'm i'm actually interviewing uh, in a couple hours here is on the east coast she'll probably be sitting in her office at home or wherever yep. she is at home and we're broadcasting all over the country or all over the world so it wasn't like that and so i think i just became good i built a system around it and we actually teach people how to do it and it's it's just fun and and so you know i just like the media part of it no kidding yeah. i wonder how i could implement something like that no matter what i'm doing i well, think we could stream kind of this right now so we could run a facebook live while we're doing this and uh josh could light that puppy up and we could, yeah we could broadcast it out to the world even if it's a segment and uh do it either pre-show post-show you know and that's Just cool. Add to your social media. Yeah, and so that's a good question. I, I got that, that brings me to another thing. So, one of the things I saw a video of you talk about was how important authenticity is inside the social media game, right? Right. And so, when it comes to this stuff, like, so I'm, I'm like, I've got three cameras set up here, right? Right. And so you're, you're talking about doing something pre and post, and it's kind of like focusing on that in the moment in the moment right yeah and so how to make that self quality i mean how, so it's like that's when you become a content generator but at the same token as we've talked about streaming this thing and the problem is that we can't we don't have a switcher 
So it's like we're like $4,000, $5,000 away from it, right? Because like you start to see the other thing. So I, I, that has nothing to do with authenticity. But when it comes down to this stuff, is it okay just to kind of throw out don't one camera? Don't you have one of these? We do. We have, we have them all over this office right now. I know you do. So why don't you just... One angle's good. Yeah. One angle's good. And yeah. but like, what about the audio side of it? That doesn't matter either. Just kind of just run with it. Or have somebody handhold it. Hit the gap. Yeah. Just yeah, hit, hit the, the gap. gap. Yeah, hit the gap, man. <laughs> People don't want the polished production. They want to know behind the scenes what's going on. I mean, if you look at some of the streams that happen, uh, I follow, um, I think a really good one is the San Francisco Giants have an awesome one. You can see the control room, what's going on in the background, everything that's happening. The guys at ESPN are constantly doing that mm -hmm. where they're going live before they go on the air. You get to see them goofing off and you know the stuff that happens behind the scenes uh people want to know that you know it's it and i and i say you know who started this was when you had like emerald lagasse and all these chefs that sort of came to the forefront and they went on television oh yeah people got to see them and, and that was actually even not truly authentic but it's when you're when you're when you're streaming something in the moment and it's live and mistakes happen live television you know those sort of things and you miss your lines whatever happens and I think people like that authenticity, you know. So you, you, would, you would definitely suggest adding that into every business oh, plan for sure. It. Yep, absolutely. And so that's that authenticity you're talking about? Yep. So if, when, it, when it comes from a behind the scenes, now how about, how about being a personality? How do you maintain authenticity inside that? I know, I think the clip that I, in particular I saw was it was right before the election. And so you were talking about Trump and Hillary and how you can tell the dynamics in the social media game that who was doing what for their social media. Right. And it was very interesting because you were coming off as in the time. I mean, we're talking about before the election. Right. So I was making some predictions. You were, yeah. And the one you were talking about was from a social media standpoint right. was that, like him or not, that he's making the most noise and he's being able to kind of like hitch his wagon to other people and destroy their wagons along the way. Right. And so he's creating this kind of ball of exposure that just keeps getting bigger where Hillary was a little bit more tentative. Well, she was scripted and she had people speaking on her behalf. Remember how I said, you know, it's like, you know, and, and she caught on after a while and then you could see it was like, you know, they started putting initials that it wasn't her, but somebody was tweeting from her account. They started putting the initials in there. So at least I'm like, oh, this is one of her people putting out a message from her company, you know, if you think about it. And then you could tell which were Hillary and which weren't, but Bernie Sanders and, and, uh, and Trump were the two that actually were the most authentic in tweeting out misspellings, you know. Right, just, right, yeah. You know, it, it's it's authentic, you know, and, and good or bad, you know, I know sometimes it's not presidential, you know, in that sense. And I'm not saying, you know, intentionally, you know, just be sloppy about things. But, man, it was like, you know, you want to be real, too. People want to know that, you know, they'll trust you more if they think you're being real. So It's interesting, man, because it's... I mean, maybe this has been more therapeutic for me, Dean, than I think it's been for you. That's for sure. <laughs> it's, it's mutual, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's one of those things. It's like my the way the way you know, and it's just being a human being is like the way I talk to you is I'm not talking to you the same way I'm talking to Josh, you know. And so it's finding ways. To, and this has been a real eye opener for me. So I go to a church in in, in Cedar Lake called Faith, and uh, I go to Faith and Dyer. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so we got that to talk about. Shout out for faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Dave Wiemhoff, who's our pastor there, like Carla started, his wife started following me on Instagram and like our stuff and like instantly it put me on like, I got to stop, at least chill out with the cussing on some of these podcasts. <laughs> you know, it like instantly Why? It's put not our, authentic. I know, but you're right. You're right. If that's who you are, that's who you are. Yeah. I just, I battle those demons all the time, I guess. Well, it's not, it's not like you're going out of your way to cuss, but you know, if that's what comes up, that's what comes up. Yeah. 
I wish I had that. No, I just got to start hitting the gap. I think yeah. that's name of your next book. Yeah. Hit the gap, dude. Hit the gap. So, so while we're wrapping up here, is there is there anything in particular that you would want to give advice to directly to small business owners that we would say, this is where it is, and then once you get done with that, I guess you can just plug whatever you kind of want to do you want to kind of get out of it? Yeah, so for 2018, we want you, you know, you're all influencers already, but really put yourself on the map as thought leaders and attract people to your business. So remember to think about your goals, how you're going to monetize. Think about the fact that you're not alone, that you can form a team right now on social media, off social media, doesn't matter who's going to help you get to those goals. Think about your audience, your customers, what kind of content do they want? How do they want to hear from you as your business? This should be an active discussion in your weekly meetings. And then uh, just make sure that, that as part of this process, you're always measuring the success of everything that you're doing together. So don't treat social media different from email, different from billboards, different from any other way that you're generating business. Make sure it's all working together and it's worth, you know, working toward those goals that you initially, you know, set forth. Awesome. So yeah. get out of the silos, start, yeah. start, start engaging and being strategic about the content yep. and become that influencer, that thought provoker. Yeah, and you're not alone. So And, and build that team, man. Yep. And so uh, Social Jack, the theme is uh, it's all about who you know. You know, and so if you think about that, you know, and everybody's like, no, it's no, it's all, it's all about who knows you, but you have to start first. You have to be the one that takes initiative and go get the people and build the relationships for the people on your team. Then people will begin to know you after you follow the recipe from that. And if you go to socialjack.com, you can sign up for a free account where you can actually test drive some of the classes and, and oh, test, cool. test drive cool. the coaching. We have over 200 classes. Uh, you know, on social selling, how to build a social team, all those things. Uh, we also have a workshop in Chicago. It might be a little tight. I think we're almost filled up, but we have a workshop on the 14th of December where you can actually sit in the workshop. You can actually build your story, your persona, build your team. And then we're going to have people exchanging referrals right inside the workshop. No cool. way, yeah. man. No way. So that's a must miss. You cannot miss that one. Right. Yeah. And I think I, I think we talked earlier that I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to be in that one. Yep, for sure. So that's cool. I'm um, looking forward to that. So um, Social Jack, where can they find you across the board when it comes to your social media platforms and website? If you just Google Social Jack, we're the only ones out there, or Dean Delisle, uh, D-E-L-I-S-L-E. And, uh, yeah, welcome to engage on you wherever you want to engage. Awesome. And if you're listening to this, um, please, we, we haven't been doing a great job of uh, marketing it, but we've been trying to implement it the last three, four uh, podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud. I know we're in the conversation of um, moving over to iTunes in a little bit, and we're trying to figure that out. But at the, at, in the meantime, please give us as many follows on SoundCloud as you possibly can. It really kind of um, helps us get our content to you more consistently, and that's really important so I don't have to – Go out and hit you up every single time we're releasing something, which would be really nice. Um, so please do that. Um, and uh, again, you can find us on Instagram at uh, Local219, um, Twitter, Local underscore 219, and Facebook, Local219. Um, we've got some really cool stuff uh, coming out, so please uh, stay stay with us. It'll be really awesome. And we're looking. the one thing that was great, I know you, Dean, when you start to like, I was telling Josh, I, was, I feel like I've been in like a, 
in like a cave the last month doing this because I've been so like behind the scenes. Well, I'm not behind the scenes and like in front of the camera or whatnot. But uh, so we got a chance to go to that art fair yesterday and it was like being recognized was really cool. And I was amazed at how many of the vendors were already following us. Right. So it was like, oh, right, this is kind of working. So I got to do a better job of getting out there and saying what's yep. up to people, you know, creating those events, which yes. would be great. We do have one event that I would like to talk to you about off the air that I think I would like to get your opinion on yeah. that we uh, that I think we just confirmed yesterday. Cool. So it's really cool. We're really excited about that opportunity. I can't talk about it publicly, but um, so look forward to that coming out, whatever that abstract idea is. But again, <laughs> again, uh, thanks it's, for listening. It's li- being cooked right here in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, uh, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, man. thanks I know, for having me. Oh, man, yeah. you really gave us a huge boost here. So it was yeah. awesome. Um, and so if you do have follow any more information from him, he's uh, he, one of his things about being an influencer is being accessible. He's super accessible. So hit him up as much as you got if you have any more questions or whatnot. I've seen that you're pretty active on your Twitter game, so yep. he will respond. Um, but he's great. Uh, so thank you again for coming in, and uh, have a great Thursday. Three, two, one, out. <laughs>